Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Gateway Leadership Podcast. We, uh, we're passionate about helping you to lead in every area of life. My name is David Canastracy. If I've never met you, welcome. I hope that you're enjoying a great season, whatever your role in life. You might be a mom, you might be a dad, you might be uh, a business leader. You're a leader and people look to you and what you do is important to the people around you. And so we want to get behind you and help you and just kind of feed you and help you to win and be successful and to grow in your role of influencing other people and seeing people's lives inspired and transformed. Now, I'm going to bring you right into another conversation at the table that has a lot of meaning for us today. Joining me again today, two generations of leaders. Well, Let's make it three because I'm the middle generation. This is like a generational sandwich here. Okay, we've got we've got my pastor, Dr. Emmanuel Canastracy, my pastor. We've got me, and we've got Pastor Jordan Canastracy uh, joining us. So this is really a cool opportunity for us to to look at topics from three different angles mm-hmm. through the eyes of three generations, which I think is very special. A lot of our listeners are familiar with Pastor Jordan and uh, his role. But Jordan, I think you're doing a fantastic job in Thanks. leading and preaching, and you're making me proud. And people look up to you, and they and they count on you for being faithful, and, and you are being faithful. And what many of you may not mm. know about my pastor, Apostle C, is that he's had a role in preaching the gospel for over 70 years. Come on. Now, here's a kicker. I I'm turning 60. This summer I turned 60. I remember vividly, Apostle C, your 60th birthday, which seems like a long time ago. How old are you today, right now, as we make this podcast? In three months, I will be 89. 89, 89 years old. And you started preaching when you were? A teenager, 14. 14 years old. On the street old. corners at first. So you're coming up on 75 years in the ministry. Yes. That's insane. Wow. That is amazing right and i mean we're going back if you're 89 today that was 29 years ago that you turned 60 and i had already you had been my pastor already for probably 20 years at that time so we go way way back and i would say you know if i'm anything today it would be a result in part of your input into my life and helping me raising me correcting me when i needed correction there was at least two times where I needed correction, <laughs> and uh, and you were <laughs> you were willing to do it. You worked on the C word with me, character, and and that was that was really good. You actually took me into your home, and I lived with you for a period of time when I was in Bible school. And, and don't tell the people that I put you in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the garage, but it was converted. It was it was a converted. Uh, it was a studio apartment, as I recall, uh, and and so thanks for pouring into me. And what I want to talk about today is the power of God, because ministry is not just about, you know, having patience and right. hunger and, uh, you know, all these things we think of when we think about leadership and character. Um, it's it's there's a supernatural dimension Absolutely. to to leading. So ministry is really a Holy Spirit thing. Once a person has decent character, a, a foundation of character in their life, how do they layer up on top of that 
you know, the, the power of God. You've had some wild miracles in your ministry, 75 years. What are some of the outstanding things that you've seen in the power of God over the, over the years? What, can you remember some amazing things? Well, of course, my wife's healing of polio, three months in the hospital in isolation. Mm. And the, her brothers were in the service, one in Korea and the other still at, at the camp. Uh, the camp. They flew, the government flew them to her bedside because she was supposed to die. Wow. wow. And she saw an ad in the newspaper about a healing evangelist, a kid, about, well, she was 14, and I uh, four and a half years older than her. So I was a teenager <laughs> and with a picture, bring the sick, the blind see, the deaf hear, and the lame walk. Now, I know some of you will smile or even laugh out loud. A kid put in an ad like that. But I, you <laughs> it's know. a pretty exceptional 18-year-old that would do that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, she came and she was healed. And that's an outstanding. But that's one of hundreds of miracles uh, all over the world. Uh, blind eyes open. Blind eyes, deaf ears, wow. uh, radical mastoid operations. And there's completely deaf and they would repeat I would stand in the back of them so they couldn't read my lips Wow! say Jesus I love you well they didn't know how to talk because they didn't they had have never any practice. they wow. were born wow. deaf wow. two brothers one 14 and one 15 Jeez. in fact they were their pictures were put in the, in the magazine born with this disease and God healed, and on and on and on. People with uh, cancers drop off cancer, and they have to put it, flush it down the toilet, the cancer. Goiters, uh, that is an interesting thing. Now you see it, now you don't. <laughs> it's just wow. gone. And, but to say this, it sounds like I did it. I didn't do it. And that's the thing about giftings that you must understand. It is the Holy Spirit. Wow. It is the divine healer. If yes. the spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwell in you, he will quicken. Wow. He will heal. Wow. But how do you understand that a person's got that gift? Well, we already talked about in one session about hunger. But more than hunger, they're hanging around people to encourage then you know they got right. a gift of encouragement. But the greatest way of knowing that you have a gift is through what we have practiced at our church since its founding, the laying on the hands and the prophetic. Wow! You will be a Sunday school teacher. You will be a youth pastor. You will, when at the meeting I just closed at Mike Sabella's, mm -hmm. the, the pastor's son now, is the senior pastor of a church of 3,000. Now, he didn't earn it. He didn't deserve it. <laughs> it right. was a gift right. of God. Right. And hmm. he said, you prophesied over me that I would be the lead pastor, and you prophesied that I would have three full-time youth pastors. Well, that that's a good prophecy. He showed me the three. But in Australia... Mark, Pastor Mark, uh, Kevin Connor's son, I said, you will have 
<laughs> 50 mm-hmm. full-time staff wow. and 50 in the school. That would be 100 people. He flew me to Australia and said, here is the people wow. that you found. So it wasn't me doing it. Only God would know that. So the prophetic is a huge, I mean, that's a huge piece of the, you know, a lot of our listeners would, they would know the name Bill Johnson. Yeah. About a year and a half ago, I was introduced to Bill Johnson, met him, and he said, Kenneth Tracy, Kenneth Tracy, I know your dad. Who is it? Is it your dad? I said, yeah, it's my, my spiritual father, but he's my uncle he said he gave me a prophetic word long before all these miracles broke out and and that what god wanted to do in my ministry he said it was a game changer now this is bill johnson he's he's talking to me about the supernatural power of the prophetic and that's been a piece of 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 your ministry charisma right the healings the miracles and you know david all through my life, I've reminded God as if he needs reminding. <laughs> remember what Sister Broshai said to me when I was four and a half? You remember what Catherine Kuhlman said? Mm. Do you remember? And I would start naming the people. They saw gifts that I never saw in me. Mm-hmm. And so I just remembered that word. And I remember you saying, Pastor, when am I going to get prophesied over? <laughs> when am I going to get prophesied over? <laughs> and uh, I said, you, and then you got prophesied over, but it didn't name it all was, the specifics. It was a dud. Yeah, it was. A, <laughs> it was not a. It was not the prophecy I wanted. But wow. actually, it was because actually it was because what they said was, "You will be a vessel for my glory, that's and my it. spirit will use you." And for me, that was enough. So I think that's the number one way of knowing a person has a gift. The prophetic uh, word that comes to us. Okay, beautiful. Why did did Jesus call Peter, Mm. who could outswear anybody? (laughs) Why did did God call Paul? Because he was killing Christians. I mean, (laughs) God made some mistakes. No, God makes no mistakes. Mm. He knows what he can do through the gift of the spirit in a person. Let me ask you something. So, so of course, in our church, you know, the prophetic is something that we pay very close attention to. We take it very seriously. And we have for decades and decades. But there might be someone listening right now, and I know people who don't come from a prophetic background. They've never had a prophetic word over their life. And uh, what a gift it is for for you to get that, but there might be someone listening saying, I've never had somebody tell me what my gifts are, so I don't know what they are. How would somebody go about finding out what it is that God has put on the inside of them? Well, a school teacher named Mrs. Jerry, I lisped as a, as a first grade student. I, every time I talked, spit would come out of my mouth. Faith. And I, they would mock me at mm. school. Jesus, Jesus. All right, I, I lisped. But she saw in me a person that was going to be a, a leader yeah. speaking. And so she began to take me after class and show me how to keep my tongue in my mouth wow. without spitting. And she saw 
something. Saw potential in you. She invested in you. And a school teacher can do that. Wow. Can recognize. Uh, Even when you don't recognize it about yourself. You had right. no idea God right. God wanted you to be somebody special. I mean, we're all special, but God had his hand on you. And I think that's really good. Yeah. So pay attention. Pay attention to maybe it's not a prophetic word, but God's going to find a way to speak to you. Yeah. And God can use someone that, that don't have the word R-E-V before their name. Right. Reverend. Right. Or bishop. Right. Or apostle. Because God uses people. Yeah. The titles are good in a sense, mm. but that don't make you. Right. It's the gift. Yeah. Interesting. Working. So, so, so there may be other people in the audience that really want, they would like to prophesy. They would like to maybe pray for the sick and see miracles. How did you get started in the supernatural? That's a good question. Or was it just always a part of your life? Did you get started or well, was I, it always there? I, I really got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I would speak in tongues. And if nobody prophesied it uh, or interpreted it, mm -hmm. uh, I would stumble into God is calling us, you know, to prayer, to, to win souls or whatever. But it is when uh, I saw the need that wasn't being met mm. in many churches they could do great sermons, mm. and they could have great choirs and great programs, but the people just were being entertained almost hmm. instead of being activated. Mm. And there's a difference between right. enjoying a sermon and practicing the sermon. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, that's what the gift does. And and people will say, "I don't understand this, Pastor. You told me to type out the prophecy." I said, read it over and over again. Mm. And this mind of yours, it'll be it, it'll be there that God said through a, a man or a woman that mm. didn't know anything about your gifting, but the Spirit of God sees resident in you the potential for healing. And if you watch a person like W.W. W. Freeman see a woman with a guide dog come up to the platform, the stone blind, mm. and then see her walk off without the dog. Wow. You will want that gift wow. if it all God wow. <laughs> yeah. wants wow. to give you. See, that's a mind blow. People wow. say, is that real? Is that even real? Yeah. Because there's been fakers. But that stuff, what you're saying, it's real. Yeah. So when, when God would do these amazing things that you would – that you would be, you know, blessed enough to like be a part of. He would use you to lay hands on someone and heal them. Was that a confidence that you had to build? Like the, you know, were there times early on where you laid hands on someone and you thought, I hope this does something? <laughs> or did you kind of know from the start, this is, this person's going to be healed? See, or were there times where you're like, knowing I hope. And believing are two different things. If you know it, uh, then it's your human intelligence. But you look at a person, if you see a well-dressed person and yeah. uh, a Rolex watch, you just know that guy's a success. <laughs> yeah. But you see somebody in, in you know, rags, 
they still can have a gift. Mm. Yeah. And so we don't look at the outward appearance, but it's like the Holy Spirit gives you a, a vision, an audible vision of what that person is or will be. Now, if you prophesy over someone and it don't come to pass, that makes you a false prophet. No, because maybe they don't want to obey God. Wow. Peter didn't. Peter tried to stop Jesus from going to the cross. Hey, you'd be lost. Right. I would be lost. Aren't right. you glad right. that Jesus didn't, didn't fire him? Right. And so it's it's. But it isn't make-believe. We want everybody. Would to God. Right. Who said that? Would to God that all Israel were prophets. Yeah. Who said that? That was Moses. Right. When well, Why do we need all Israel prophesying? Mm. <laughs> but when someone is, to follow up, to follow up with that, when someone's standing in front of you, you talked about knowing versus believing. The believing, let's say someone is, you know, comes to you and they have cancer. And they're saying, please pray for me. I know, I believe that God can heal them. But that don't mean you have the gift of healing. Right. So, so you have to be kind of secure in what your gift That's is. That's right. Okay. Because he doesn't mean because one person's prayer is answered through you that every prayer you ever prayed all the rest of your life, it's going to be answered. There are people that go away sick when I pray for them. There are people that die. The life and death is not in my power. It's in God's power. Right. right. It's appointed under wow. man once to die. And after that, the judgment. And of course, most Christians don't mind dying uh, if that's God's will because they know absent from the body, present with the Lord. Far greater... Uh, the ones that hurt are the ones that are left behind. But uh, I had open-heart surgery, triple bypass. Mm -hmm. I was fully aware how serious that would be. And I just said, God, you call me to preach, and I'd love to preach. I'd love to stay on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm in your hands. I'm glad I'm ready. And you know that helped me? Mm. They shaved my legs, took arteries, veins out of my leg. And I was making a joke. I don't shave my legs, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you had peace in the midst of that. So yeah. how about so so the supernatural is a part of ministry to some degree or another, even if you don't have, let's say if you're not Emmanuel Canastracy or or uh, a healing specialist or a prophetic specialist, a prophet. But shouldn't there be some supernatural part of every Christian's life? And if that's true, how do you get started with the supernatural? You mentioned the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What are some other steps? Uh, once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, how do you get started in praying for the sick and and prophesying? Well, and I wondered why the last uh, 30 years about you. Hmm. You have a singing voice. You sang as part of the something special <laughs> singers on our radio broadcast. Mm -hmm. and uh, But I understand that that was because you had ability and uh, you, you didn't flat or sharp. But I often wondered why you didn't sing more. Mm. 
But one of my because best your, because, friends. Because your brother-in-law, Lyndall Bennett, said, there's nothing worse than a preacher who tries to be a singer. <laughs> <laughs> or a singer who tries to be a preacher. <laughs> and I thought, I thought I'm going to stay in my lane. That's what I decided. <laughs> but go ahead. I'm sorry. But, but anyway, stuff. <laughs> the, the thing about the thing about that is, we've allowed people to sing that I couldn't stand, <laughs> and uh, they wasn't gifted. Right. And uh, one lady come up to me and sang in my ear. Remember, we didn't have to do that. Sing in my ear the prophecy. <laughs> And she sang, and it sounded like Ring Around the Rosie. And I, I said, God gave me this song. And I I didn't mean to be funny, but I said, give it back to him. <laughs> we, had, we would screen the prophetic words and the oh prophetic songs. So yeah, because funny. you end up with some, you know, so when people yeah. are learning, sometimes they make You're gonna mistakes. You're going to be a trillionaire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's no prophecy. You've, you've talked often about desire. Should we desire spiritual gifts should we desire uh for god to use us in supernatural the way ways? the word says is covet earnestly mm. now if i want the gift so i can get a mercedes and a five million dollar home mm. and everybody bows to me mm. that is the worst possible look at naaman mm -hmm. he got healed of leprosy and then this guy the servant of elijah gehazi gehazi took what the prophet yeah. didn't take. Right. So, you know, I don't want what God don't want me to have. Right. That's good. And so I pray about my house. Should I sell it? Mm. It's worth this. It's worth that. Should I get a lesser house? And, and I heard Jordan say it, and I heard you say it in the last series, that you got to get God's word. Mm -hmm. God's yes or no. Right. And if God says no, it doesn't mean no forever. For you, hmm. he didn't say, you're going to be the pastor of Gateway. Hmm. He didn't say that. Right. But he did say that you are a candidate for ministry in the mm -hmm. pastoral right. department. Right. And so it's great. Yeah. And what did he say to me? I had my daughter and son-in-law. I had Gary Avila. I had 10 people wanting to be pastor. And he said, David Cannon Tracy. The, ah. most, the most unlikely of all candidates. The most unlikely. <laughs> wow. So then I sent him to the Philippines to become humble. <laughs> that is an interesting move. We all got to put our we all got to put our time in. Yeah. Well, so so you know people discover their giftings. They hear from God, what it is that God has put on the inside of them, and I really love what you said. Uh, just a second ago about not wanting anything that God doesn't want you to have. And that al that also, to me, rings true uh, for wanting, wanting a gift or wanting to be good at something that God has not called you to do. Mm, right. You know, like if people want so desperately to preach, but, you know, that's not everyone's gift. Some people want so desperately to be able to sing or play music and God just didn't put it on it's the like a, It's like a candidate on American Idol. That just yeah. Everybody knows except that guy. That, that he <laughs> exactly. can't do it. He doesn't have it. Well, exactly. you know, uh, Jordan, your father one day met a homeless man. No, nothing to eat. 
and no place to sleep. And he took out his wallet. Back in those days, you could rent Motel 6 for $30. And he gave $30. Now, that was almost like a half week's salary. <laughs> <laughs> he, he tells and, the but truth. There was compassion. I scolded him. <laughs> you can't go around giving $30 to every homeless man because, you know, Kathy won't let you know. <laughs> <laughs> but compassion. Yeah. That's why you you want to help there you with go. a healing gift or there a prophetic go. word or a, there you go. a pat on the back. Right. An opportunity. It's not about me. It's about that's yeah. right. doing that's... for another person. But you remember that incident? I do. I think I scolded you. I'm pretty sure you scolded me a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But there was compassion. Right. Right. And uh, and you know, it's for them. And for their benefit, not for your benefit. And that's why I have never written a letter asking for money. I've never had to. Hmm. I never had to. I just got a check from the 700 Club uh, two weeks ago. I don't even know why. They didn't even say why. <laughs> but if you have a need, God my knows. God, he knows. sell supply all your needs. And that's why you're going to get a house soon. Wow. Wow. There's a, there's a prophetic <laughs> oh word. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Wow. Remember the tithe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it is wonderful. That's incredible. Did you tell him that, that we're looking at, at buying? Mm-mm. Or we're trying to figure out? We're like all in this, all in this uh, program for first-time anyway. first buyers. Goodness. So that's the prophetic. There's an example right there. Well, sure. uh, well I guess if we're talking about it, we <laughs> should have some sort of demonstration. Yeah. Um, so, so for for gifts, uh, you know, not everyone obviously works in a church or is called to work in a church as their career. You know. Um, if but, we did, we. we, we <laughs> We'd, we Nothing couldn't else get would be any done. groceries. We couldn't get <laughs> gasoline. So, so, you know, not everyone's called to work no. in a church. Right. But God has placed gifts on the inside of everyone. Everyone. That's right. So do you think that everyone is called to use their gifts in some way specifically for the local church, for the building of the local church? Or are some people's calls specifically for use away from the local church, even if you don't work at the church? Well, I do not. If any man in all the years, we've had large, large, large meetings packing out a building that seats a 1,000 in Mountain View. We brought great men of God and women of God, and they drew crowds and they had miracles. But that was not the reason for bringing them. Bringing them was because we were interested in getting people saved. Yeah. And we made altar calls. People were touched. They were emotionally touched and spiritually touched. And they would come and give their hearts to Jesus. That's the reason that other people besides staff can exercise gifts. Yeah. There's no glory. There's no... Mm. There's no bonus. <laughs> right. You know, that's a gift and you use it for the glory of God. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask 
uh, a follow-up. So, like, for example, I know people who they attend church, they come, they love the church, they love the community, uh, they tithe, you know, uh, but they have, like, for example, a sales job. And I talk to them about, hey, why don't you get more involved? And they say, well, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like my ministry is outside the church. And, and I say, you know, well, what do you mean? Well, you know, I work with unsaved people, so they know I'm a Christian and sometimes I pray for them and all that. And sometimes I wonder, is that, is that what, is that the height of what God has called them to? Or is everyone, is every Christian meant to somehow directly build the church? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, if, if uh, Macy's has got a sale and choose for $175, mm-hmm. now you can get it for nineteen ninety five. the magic number of all commercials on television. <laughs> And you call somebody and say, hey, you can get a $175 pair of shoes for $19 at Macy's. You're like an evangelist telling them good news. Right. So they don't have to have a title of that's the gift of this or the gift of that. But it is wanting to help people. Wanting to help people. And yes, they can. See, the church is not a building. Now, he cried and I cried and maybe you cried too. And maybe all our people cried, seeing it shut, our building shut up for a year. But yeah. that's not the church. The church is watching this television mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. watching this uh, particular yeah. thing. The church is people that are the church when they're not in a building. They're out of the church when they're in the park. They're out of the church. Mm-hmm. They're still the church. You never stop being the church. You are the temple. So they do have, they can use their gifts outside. Yeah. Of the church. That's good. Don't you believe that, David? I do. And I think I think there's the church and then I think there's the kingdom. And the kingdom is bigger than the church. But the church is essential in the kingdom. Yeah. So I don't think you have to choose. What I don't like about that statement, because people say that same thing to me. What I don't like is that they're making a false choice. That's it. It's I, a I you know, I'm in the world, so therefore I don't help the church. Why do you why can't you do both? Right. Why can't you do something? Jesus said, That's I so will good. build my church. So if Jesus is paying attention to building the church, then maybe we all should. Now, and that brings me to another reason why I think supernatural ministry. I think people say, well, I don't need to pray for the sick or do all that. But here's one reason why I think we should take a second look at the supernatural side of ministry, because Jesus did it. Yeah. And aren't we supposed to be like Jesus? Whether, whether it's, yeah. you know, maybe we're not going to be in the full-time ministry, maybe whatever that is. But if I want to be like Jesus, Jesus was a healer. Jesus was a miracle worker. So at some level, hmm. every single Christian should be open to the supernatural side yeah. of life. Yeah. And and walk, you know, being like Jesus means to taste of miracles and experience God's power. And I think we're we're not pushing that like we like we could. 
somehow we've sanitized. I know it. I, I know That's it. only for we Jesus. We've got to find right? a way of communicating to our church that the building called the church and the church are two different things. Right. And you are the church. Right. So therefore, if you want to duplicate what Jesus did, he went about doing good. Mm -hmm. That's feeding the poor. Right. Uh, you know, uh, blessing people. You know, taking clothes to someone that needs clothes. All of those are ministries, mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. But you do it because that's like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And Jesus went out of his way, saw the man in the tree. He could see out of the corner of his eyes. He never said no. But some of them said, Lord, if you will, mm -hmm. if you're willing. Mm -hmm. And he said, I will. That was end right. of conversation. Right. So if people only realize what being a Christian is, it's having Christ in you, the hope of glory. And if he's in us, shouldn't we be seeing more? So how can we see more of the supernatural? What are some secrets to experiencing more of, of a I guess first you have to believe that it's for you. Right. It's not just for mm -hmm. Emmanuel Canis Tracy. Yeah. You got to believe that that somehow at some point at somewhere in your life, supernatural power is going to flow and it should be. But it should be a normal part of life. But what else is there? We talked about hunger. Should we be hungry for the supernatural? You said desire spiritual gifts. Don't go anywhere. The Gateway Leadership Podcast is coming right back. It is that time again to take a couple of questions from listeners of the Gateway Leadership Podcast. So I have two questions for you today, Dad. Um, the first question comes from Instagram. Actually, they both come from Instagram. This question says, I'm planting a church. What should I be thinking about when building a team? Well, I wrote a book called Let's talk about teams. That's so, true. So first of all, I would say go on plug. Go on <laughs> go on Amazon.com and spell my name, Canis Tracy, C-A-N-N-I-S-T-R-A-C-I, and look for the book on Let's Talk About Teams. It's a great question because first of all, it means that you understand that you can't do it by yourself. Hmm. The question, how do I build a team, means you know you can't do it by yourself. Right. And that's it. So you've so team has got to be a value from day one. We do this together. We're going to do this together. Right. Everybody wants to be, you know, a one man show, but we got to do we got to do things together. I think you build a team by uh, being relational and staying focused on the mission. Make sure you're clear with your team about what you're trying to do and why. The what and the why will motivate your team yeah. and inform your team and keep them moving in, in the right direction. If you just focus on behaviors or sh show up at a certain time or whatever, that that's all good. Hmm. But people want to know the why. Why are we doing this? That's where your motivation is. And the what are we doing, that's the clarity and that's the direction. So be clear on the what and the why with your team. That's really good. The what and the why. Okay. Uh, this second question comes actually from our friend, Mary Alice Islip. You're kidding me. Yeah. 
She wrote in, uh, she wants to know your reflection on how the virus has affected Gateway, good, both good and not good. Mm -hmm. Boy, that's a really... A really tough question. I'm not. Sh I'm not sure. I fully understand how much it's affected Gateway, hmm. because we're still regathering, and you know, I can tell you the good that has come out of it so far that I see, and that I and like all trouble, um, and all things that feel like a setback, and this has felt like trouble and a setback, but it's made us stronger. I think our team, our staff, our leaders, our life group leaders, our elders, our, our board, our paid staff, everybody is stronger today mm -hmm. going into this and better. And, and actually, they have more spirit and more passion because you never realize, you know, if you're on easy street till you hit some trouble and then you got to double down and make some things happen. So it has strengthened everybody, including myself. It's, it, it has strengthened the bad I think the pain that it has caused, you know, um, I, I think the loss of momentum yeah. has been one of the toughest things. You know, it's that it took a year for us to get through this whole thing. And it's going to take how long for us to rebuild that momentum. Yeah. I hate wasting time. I hate losing time yeah. and losing that sense of momentum. And yet, Jordan, I do trust God uh, that he can make up for losses of time, losses of momentum, lost opportunity. How many altar calls did I miss? How many conversations and prayers did I miss? And holding hands with people and and uh, prophesying to them and ministering. That how many? You know, you only get so many Sundays. You only get so many chances to minister to people. And I feel so bad about some of the lost opportunities during that time. But there's a promise in Joel that said, I will restore the years that the canker worm and the locust have eaten. Wow. And I do believe that God can make up for things. And I'm expecting a move of God's spirit that will catch us up and take us beyond where we could have gone uh, without his. So the bottom line is I have to trust the Lord. It hurt. I didn't like it. But we survived. Yeah. And we made it, and we're still standing. <laughs> yeah, We're still standing. Gateway is strong today, and I pray that everyone who has gone through hard times, that, that you'll see the good and not just the bad. Goodness. That's, you know what, that answer, that touches me. That, like, that like moves me. That's so powerful. Um, makes me think that I, you know, want to pray that kind of prayer, God restore, restore, make up for the lost time. Um, and I think, I think everyone listening can, can pray that same kind of prayer because that is the promise of God. That's and here's so something else I would just add, and that is don't just focus on the loss. You've got to, if all you do is look at the trouble, the setback, the pain, you will completely miss the purpose and the glory and the, the blessing. God did a deep work, I believe, in our hearts. And we can say, yeah, we hate the loss. We hate the the lack of momentum, the, you know, whatever the things are. But we're people of faith and we have to look past the trouble. Right. And we have to see God's hand in the midst of it. 
and I do see God's hand, and I trust him. I would go to bed every single night, sometimes on the edge of tears, many times. And I would say, Lord, I'm laying in this bed, and I'm resting on this bed, and in the same way that I'm laying on top of this bed and resting it and trusting it to hold me up, I'm trusting you to hold me up right now. Mm. I'm casting every care on you. I'm powerless. I want to regather. I There are so many things that we can't do that I want to do. I'm trusting you. Yeah. And that's where it's got to be for all of us, no matter what the troubles are in our lives. We have to rest in him and know that he's underneath us holding us up. That's so good. That's so good. Well, sure. Uh, uh, To be like Jesus isn't dying on the cross. Hmm. That's a one-time deal. (laughs) Although Paul was crucified. Mm-hmm. And Peter was crucified. Mm-hmm. But that's a one-time deal. To be like Jesus means do what I say, do what I do. I bless. I make people happy. I give peace. I lift loads. Hmm. You know, off of people, burdens off of people. Do that. And I find our neighbors, when they saw Sister C, my wife, using a walker, they said, Listen, anytime you want to do something, let us come and take our neighbors. Wow. So, I mean, there's a, a, a something in everybody that wants to do something good for somebody. But when God gives you eternal life, mm-hmm. he puts that desire in you, mm. that response that, yeah, they'll, they'll help me put on a tire when I have a blowout or they Mm-hmm. Take me to the station. They get some gas if I ran out of gas. Good people, yeah, using gifts, and just one word or one sentence could say, "God bless you," mm. you know, and they feel good because God, you know, is good mm. all the time. Yeah, and uh, so if we have to have it done in the building only. Mm-hmm. We're going to lose <laughs> billions of people. Right. Yeah. So when we talk about spiritual gifts, you you think that's more than just the uh, the First Corinthians twelve list. You think that's anything that we can do in the name of Jesus to help another person. Uh, God will tell you if you ask for a gift that. He doesn't want to pour into you. Yeah. See, I would like all nine gifts. <laughs> God knows my limitations of strength. Mm, right. William Branham, my hero, used to pray for the sick, and then he would faint. Virtue went out of his body. Jesus, it said virtue went out. Mm-hmm. He knew when to stop. Mm. And people were screaming, more, more, more. But he had to stop. And... Uh, so, uh, they should desire spiritual gifts. And if God says wait, then be busy doing what you can do. Right. Yeah. And, uh, okay. and that's it. Uh, well, we make a mistake if we try to push past. Correct. 
the boundary or the limitation, try to make something happen or force something happen. Yeah. That goes back to the other conversation we had, which is about yeah, character. We lost the church, shouldn't we? A prophet from South Africa uh, prophesied over the pastor's wife. She was pregnant, and she was having problems. And he prophesied that the singer in you will be called David, and he will be he will be a singer. And she got a, a girl. Hmm. Yeah. Right, right. I, I had to. I had to go. The church was devastated. Right. And I said, the man made one little error. He could have quit by saying, "There'll be a gifted hmm. baby with the spirit of David." The spirit of David was he was a man after God's own heart, mm -hmm. and you can see if you're a good parent in your kids. That they're gonna yeah. pray, they're gonna. You know, when I was sick, David, I would go to the altar at Gateway, uh, not Gateway, but Evangel, and Sharon would bring, you know, the little one to pray for me, because mm. I knew they couldn't fake it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you know, so so children can be used by God in oh supernatural my Lord, gifts. Yes. And, oh my Lord. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. Oh my goodness! You experienced it as a ch as as a child yourself, prophesying it. That's right. Young, receiving prophecies, and I think we've made, I think we've made fun of supernatural gifts. Yes. We've been skeptical of supernatural gifts. We've avoided them because we feel awkward or we don't want to, you know, we don't want to make a mistake. But I think we should get more comfortable with yeah. the supernatural side of yeah life and and anchor it always in character Amen. yeah and I, give god all the glory and this is this is where even good men go wrong and you say well what do you mean have i not prophesied in your name have i not cast out that's devils? what he said have i not right and he said so long depart from me goodbye yeah yeah, yeah. i think i think part of our part of our caution with it is maybe when we've seen other people go too far with it or yeah. get weird with it right and and so we so desperately don't want to be you know associated with that we want people to know a balanced healthy you know the holy spirit's so balanced right. and so healthy and doesn't force anything on anybody and so i think Maybe at times we go too far the other way, you know, too cautious, too cautious um, or too reserved. Yeah, too reserved. I think caution, I think caution is good because it's a powerful thing that we're dealing with. Right. And you don't want someone coming to you and and saying, you know, show me God if you don't know how to show them God. Right. Right. So if, you know, and people have had that, show me God to someone who doesn't know how to right. show them God. Right. And so they show them some crazy thing. And because of that, people are turned off by God because he was misrepresented somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I've missed in all of these conversations is the fact that God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So 
if you're a good actor, you can act holy. Right. You can act spiritual. Right. You can act like you're a man or woman of authority. But God looks at the heart. Yeah. And uh, not pretense. Yeah. And so uh, we have to be careful always to understand who owns the gift. You say, my gift is. Hmm. That sounds like wow. control. It's God's gift. Yeah, that's right. That's so good. It's his spirit. We can't operate a gift. A car will not start without gasoline. Mm-hmm. That's so Except good. Except the electric car. Right. But the electric cars got <laughs> they got another power kind. all the time. Yeah, that's right. That's um, right. Can I can I ask you a question about about as a leader and building teams as it relates to spiritual gifts? Um, when you're building a team for ministry, uh, how closely do you pay attention to to people's spiritual gifts? Is that something that you consider? Like if you're looking at someone, and you're going, I wonder if they'd be good to to have on this team. Do you pay attention to their gifts or do you just kind of go more character? What do you think? Well, there is scripture for what I'm going to say. I admire men that walk with God and women that walk with God. Catherine Coleman, Fern Stutler, uh, others, women, great healing ministries and miracles. I admire them. I don't worship them, mm-hmm. and I don't give them the glory, but I, I admire them. And I, I tear up, even now, as old as I am. I tear up when I hear a word, and I can see it coming hmm. right you know, from the deep part of their heart. And they're not acting, and they're not just trying to be you know, they, there are people that miss God and make a mistake. We shouldn't, we usually cast them out and cast them away. Hmm. We should restore such a one. Uh, and even the man that Paul said put out of the church because he was sleeping with his mother-in-law or something. Then he said, why haven't you brought him back? Mm. Right. Wow. Right. right. Now, right. didn't say bring him back to be the man he was, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. you know, don't send him to hell. And perhaps even when Paul said, I killed Christians. That's a great confession. Yeah. Someone said, I wouldn't want, I don't want to read the book of Paul. He killed Christians. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do we do more than that sometimes. We do. That's with right. just our words or our rejection of people, our insults of people. And the tongue is powerful. Hmm. And if you use the tongue for good, it's powerful. But if you use it for evil, it's powerful. Well, hmm. just tell a kid, you know, my 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 brother Samson, you never heard this, David. Your uncle Samson. My mother was so aggravated with him. He, he broke everything. He fell through the ceiling when, and the plaster. And she was so angry. Problem she child. She said, go 
Wipe yourself off of the face of the map. <laughs> and he said, Mommy, I will, but where is the map? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true story. <laughs> I'm glad that God uses imperfect people because yeah. that's what, that's what yeah. we are. But, you know, we can all experience the supernatural side of life like Jesus did, and we should be open to it. Yeah. And, and we should desire it, not push it, not force it, uh, but value it. And yeah. that's something that you've had in your life for over 75 years, preaching signs, wonders, miracles, and character at the same time. We really can't have it all. And it's not just for the occasional evangelist. It's for every believer. So I thank you for this time. Yes. Uh, I would love for you, because our our audience is all over the world. There's people listening from the business community, some some people like Jordan was talking about, and uh, others that are in leadership, they're in local church ministry, or some that are young leaders that are trying to figure out how to get started in ministry and how to, how to get better, stronger, and more like Christ. Apostle C., I would love for you to pray for all of us to experience the supernatural side of life in a yes. in a really healthy way. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're asking for a creation of appetite, yes, a creation yes, of a determination to come to people. That if God said it, it's so. He that hungereth and thirsts that have the righteousness shall be filled. If God said, He will pour out His Spirit upon. All, A-L-L, -L, yes. all flesh. All means all flesh. Mm -hmm. We are then to ask for that all yeah, right, right. <laughs> gifts, that anointing, that inspiration, yes, to be used with our abilities to communicate, to speak the language, to know that when you talk to a four-year-old, you can't expect them to understand what a 50-year-old. Hmm. We talk in words that are easily to explain the scripture. The centurion or the man that was on the chariot from Ethiopia, he was reading the Bible, and, and of course the, the apostle was carried by the Spirit to him. And he said, get on, my, get on my chariot and explain to me who is this prophet talking about. Mm. And see, they need explanation. Everyone that has tasted of salvation. Everyone that's been born again of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, has got something to say. Loose them from fear. Yes. Loose them from intimidation. Yes. Yes. Loose them from the devil saying, you don't qualify. You're not a good husband. You're not a good wife. You can't do it. You won't do it. No, loose them from that lie. Mm -hmm. He's a liar and a father of lies. The devil is lying, making people feel that they're not capable of being a reservoir of the living waters wow. out of their innermost being will flow rivers yes, of Lord. living water. Hmm. Help them, God, yes, to Lord. say yes today. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. I am willing. Give me your word. Give Thank me your God. spirit. Give me the gift to help people. And I will give you glory and honor all of my life. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, Dr. Canis Tracy, Dr. Emmanuel Canis Tracy, Pastor Jordan Canis Tracy, thank you for joining us on today's podcast. And yeah. you, my listeners, how I love you, how I appreciate you, how important your life is that you continue 
this journey of growing to be the greatest version of yourself. There's no one else like you. Amen. Don't give up on yourself. Continue on and and ask Jesus for everything that he has for you as you grow to become all that you are called to be. We're here for you. you we care about you. And no matter what's going on, stay on your mission. Keep on inspiring, transformed lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Gateway Leadership Podcast with David Canastracy, inspiring you to lead in every area of life. We'll be releasing a new episode every month, so be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next month.